Welcome to For 10 Points, the best podcast on the web for everything Quiz Bowl related. Whether you're a player, a coach, or just trying to improve, we can help you get better. I am your host, Ken Romeo, and joining me on the phone as we are practicing our social distancing the way we're supposed to. Uh, he is There is no studio. We are not in Middlesex. I am in my house, and Mr. Turiago is in his. Mr. Turiago, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Uh, absolutely hope everyone out there is practicing their social distancing. Uh, you know, I feel like unintentionally I've been getting ready for this moment for several years uh, as an introvert. I feel a lot of introverts... <laughs> Feel very similarly. Well, I, I I will say this uh, this would have been a lot easier to do uh, ten years ago when it was just me and my wife. Not that I don't love my children, I absolutely do. But you know, as, when you're when you're here with a four year old and a one year old, and now you are a homeschooler and a daycare provider, and on top of everything else that needs to um, happen around the house, it's it's been tough. And I'm not going to lie, it's it's been tough. Uh, on top of that, uh, every sport is now canceled. Right. Uh, uh, apparently, every sport except for one can. We've got some interesting quiz bowl developments that have been going on <laughs> despite the quarantine. We have managed to elude the quarantine. Quiz bowl still lives. Right. So we'll tell you in a little bit what Middlesex has been doing um, during the quarantine because um, I understand, like, certainly it's a big part of like my professional life. Um, and it's, it's something that I, I know defines me, but I also recognize how important it is for our players so that there's still a sense of, you know, norm normalness. That's not the real word. Um, normalcy. Nor- yeah. Normalcy. Yeah. There's still a sense of, of normalcy. Um, and you know, it's, it's a shame that all of our national tournaments have been canceled, and rightly so. I don't fault anybody for doing that. Um, that absolutely was the right call. We don't know what our situation will be in May or in June, but um, you know, things were canceled, and there's, as I said, that's the right call. So we're, we're uh, filming this episode at the end of March, so it is. Uh, uh, Deep into the quarantine. Right. Um, well, let's hope it's deep into the quarantine and not just the beginning of it, um, because we honestly don't know. And I think that's the the most frustrating part about this. You know, if this were a uh, a hurricane and we knew that a hurricane was coming, we knew that you know in in a couple of days the storm will pass and we can start to clean up and move on. Or if this was a a blizzard, you know, after a while we'll be able to shovel out and we'll get on with our lives. But you know, there's there's news out there that this could be anything from, you know, a month to I mean, I've seen 18 months and like I, I, I honestly I, I know I just like the kids, I need some sense of normalcy, too, which is which is why we're still doing what we're doing with Quiz Bowl. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, Absolutely. But there were some recent tournaments before the, the quarantine was in place. under <laughs> exactly squeezed under the, the the fence coming down the garage door slamming shut uh so we've got a couple of tournament results uh that have been posted let's take a look at those it's time to take a look around the country and dive into the tournament results that have been posted so our first posted tournament was uh, the 11th Annual Junior Wildcat Tournament held on Saturday, March 7th, 2020. That's PQ. Uh, 
uh, pre-quarantine. Uh, the host was <laughs> Northwestern University from Evanston, Illinois. The packet set was MS-33, and Barrington Station went 11-0 to win first place. Uh, Barrington Station averaged over 600 points per game and 26 points per bonus count, and they powered 114 of the 220 toss-ups to sweep the field. I'm no math teacher, but that's greater than 50%. That is. Uh, they were led by their 8th grade captain, Charles Young, who averaged over 112 points per game. Uh, the tournament's top scorer was 8th grader Soren Jessfield from Bloomington, who averaged over 130 points per game in the preliminaries, and Bloomington finished second with their only loss coming to coming from Barrington Station in the finals. So Quest Academy was also playing without some of their best players in the prelims, as those other players were at a science fair in the morning. 8th grader Brady Seberg joined Quest B and helped them to end 4-0 afternoon, averaging over 129 points per game. And 8th grader Rohan Ganeshan joined Quest A after his team got off to an one and four start in the four afternoon matches he averaged 190 points per game that's that's crazy go just say say that one more yeah. time andrew yeah 190 points per oh game. my goodness uh on route to helping his team win the rest of their games and in one of those games the final score was 810 to 10 with quest answering 19 of the 20 toss-ups just to sing the elusive grail now, now wait a second uh, wait a second a uh, little, little bit of trivia for you mr t who is the first middle school team to grail another team uh, you sound confident about this uh was it us it was us back in 2015 wow. that's right at the uh, manheim township invitational back in 2015 we were the first middle school team ever to grail another team all right uh barrington station of course is coached by the immortal jeff price all right, another uh, event happened on Saturday, March 14th, 2020, Pi Day. It was the Hallsville Middle School Invitational, and Hallsville is in Missouri. Now, if you look at their statistics, just keep in mind there are bounce backs on bonuses. There were no negs. They used MS-34. Columbia Independent from Columbia, Missouri goes 8-1 and and defeats Washington A in the final round to take first place. Luke Ketchum from the host from Hallsville was the tournament's top scorer. He averaged over 126 points per game in the prelims, overall 103 points per game. Columbia is coached by Lisa McClary. And... Uh, Andrew, that's basically it. There has not been yeah, anything. Yeah. Like this was over a yeah, week I, ago. We'd love to have now. Normally, just just so you know, a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, Mr. T and I normal uh, normally do our podcasts on Wednesday afternoons uh, from the school, and obviously we're not in the school. And you know, these past couple of uh, days for middle uh, Middlesex teachers. I don't know how you've been keeping track of the days, but it's hard to know the difference between a, a Monday and a Wednesday and a Sunday. But uh, today is, is yeah, very true. Right. So uh, to, to, I, I should have been doing some sort of a tally system or uh, <laughs> so uh, something. But, all right. So here's know. here's how we've been keeping track. This is absolutely a no joke um, because our. Our four-year-old, my, my four-year-old, is home with us now, and his preschool is closed. Uh, my wife and I have a morning meeting with him every morning, and we look at the calendar, and we do our Days of the Week song and our Months of the Year song, and we count up to the the dates on the calendar. So that is how I know that today is, in fact, Sunday, uh, March 22nd. Um, 
but yeah, there's so it's been over a week since there's been any quiz bowl tournaments, and it looks like it's going to be a long time until there is a live in person quiz bowl tournament again. On the flip side, there is uh, some e learning starting to happen uh, where teachers from Middlesex are going to be uh, doing asynchronous lessons or live lessons or whatever uh, sorts of lessons we can try out uh, in the next couple of days, and uh, that's exciting especially for me, Ken, because I know that I'm someone who uh, I get a lot of energy from teaching and having a routine every day, and I'm really looking forward to getting back into that groove again. Sure, and uh, you know, just because there aren't going to be any quiz bowl tournaments in brick-and-mortar buildings doesn't mean that there aren't quiz bowl matches being played right now. So um, <clears throat> as I've been seeing on Twitter, a few of the coaches that I follow and that follow me have been asking about what quiz bowl programs are doing during this break. And so I've tried reaching out to a few of them and um, I, I, I've had varying success, but so I want to let you know what Middlesex is doing in order to uh, continue practicing, continuing to improve and actually playing some scrimmages. So before we left, before the, the school closed down for good, I, put on our Google Classroom um, to our quiz bowl players that it is very important that you continue to study on your own. And I gave them a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the, the tips and tricks and websites and resources that we've talked about in previous episodes. So I'm not going to go through those again. I don't think, uh, I don't think that's, that's worthwhile. But what I did tell them is if you're going to study on your own, Pick a topic. Pick any topic you want to learn more about. If you're a science player, it could be photosynthesis or, um, I don't know, cellular respiration, something like that. Or if you're a history player, something like the Peloponnesian War. There should be three things in front of you when you are looking to learn more about the Peloponnesian War. Your notebook, a secondary source like Wikipedia or a history text or... Um, Britannica, you know, um, and quizdb.org. So as you read the source, <clears throat> you might come across an interesting fact. <clears throat> um, and, you know, obviously, you know, you want to you want to learn things that other players might not know. And Wikipedia really gets into the weeds. It tries to be very, very thorough, which is a good thing. Um, it's an excellent source. And for those of you who are English teachers or social studies teachers that don't accept wikipedia as a source get with the times man I, I don't know what else to tell you can you back me up on that mr t you're an english teacher. yeah i i would say uh the best way that kids can use wikipedia is to uh basically use it to find better sources i'm not saying that wikipedia itself isn't a isn't a good source people use it to write the, questions exactly right the, uh, the the stuff that is on wikipedia is very thoroughly researched and backed up and, uh, and cited yes and so if you're feeling confident about those citations and you do a little bit of digging for yourself and things seem more or less correct uh you're not saying something like ah, oh, so apparently george washington came over on the mayflower interesting um but if if you're looking for things and you're looking for general knowledge things then uh 
Wikipedia is a fantastic place to go. Okay, so I, obviously they're not writing book reports. They're learning to become, they're, they're trying to become better quiz yeah, ball players. Yeah, so. I, I think the best way to, to, to describe it is that if you ask Siri a question, she uses Wikipedia. There you go. If you say, Siri, what is the capital of this country? She will say, according to Wikipedia, the capital of that country is this. So All that right, so, says everything you need to know about how accurate Wikipedia is. There you go. All right. So you have Wikipedia in front of you and you come across an interesting fact. What I suggest you do is you go to quizdb.org and you search Peloponnesian War and you, you let that be the, the answer line, you know, because QuizDB lets you, you, you research either answers to questions or phrases that are found in questions. So... If you want the answer to be the Peloponnesian War, you look at all the questions where the answer is the Peloponnesian War, and then Control-F, look for that interesting fact that you just found. So um, Alcibiades. Alcibiades was a really cool um, figure in the uh, Peloponnesian War and the, um, the Sicilian expedition and all that stuff. So see how often Alcibiades comes up in questions about the Peloponnesian War. And if it comes up fairly often, okay, that's something that you can write down. If it is something that is way too obscure and not even challenging high school level questions, or if you're a high school player, college level questions, ask about that. Okay. You don't need this. You can, you can put that aside and, uh, you know, keep, keep searching for something else. So three things in front of you, your notebook, a secondary source and quizdb.org. That's uh, honestly, as I'm writing these, these history lectures for our quiz bowl players, I'm not a history expert. I'm a, I'm a math teacher with a love for history, but as I'm writing these history lectures, that's what I do in preparation for, um, you know, presenting to the kids because I, there's so many things I'm realizing that I don't know. And I don't know what's important and what's not. And I'm letting the database of quiz bowl questions be my my judge for what's important and what's not. I think the, the knowledge of the canon is something that a lot of people uh, kind of underestimate. Because once you've read a couple of quiz bowl packets and you know those are things that come up, then any research that you do on those topics, on those people, is going to be worthwhile. Because that stuff is going to be recycled. It is going to come up again. Right. Absolutely. There's only so much they can ask about for a middle school set or even a high school set. I know there's a lot more for high school than middle school, but there's only so much they can ask. So so that's what I've encouraged my players to do, uh, practice on their own. But we actually have been having live practices with our players. Now, fortunately, I know we have a large... How, how have you been doing that? Obviously, people can gather all in one place. Yeah. Uh, there, there, I, as far as I see, there are two main problems with having a practice the first would be uh you can't see or hear each other and the second would be you can't buzz because you don't have a buzzer system so can you talk a little bit about how you are solving those problems sure uh so i know that a lot of quiz bowl players that play remotely and i think this is becoming more common uh especially in uh in the college setting is they play over discord Uh mr t are you familiar with discord I am, but uh, my Discord tends to be a mess of people playing uh, games and things like that. It's just a way to chat with some of my friends. I've never really used it in anything resembling an academic context, but I can see how it could be used that way. Sure. So if you're not familiar with Discord, you can start a server with uh, with the people you want to invite to a quiz bowl match, and it's just 
it's like a like a conference call, right? So you just you have all of these people uh, on your Discord server, and you can talk to them all like it's a conference call. So one person can be a moderator, and everybody else can talk to with each other on bonuses and you know answer questions when they know it. So that's what I, what I feel like uh, as I'm looking at the HS Quiz Bowl forum. Most people are using to practice remotely is Discord, and that's fine. I will tell you. Andrew, and I know I, I have like 10, 10 plus years on you. When I first opened the Discord app, I felt like uh, it, an older person trying to set a VCR. Like the, I, I just had one of these moments. I'm like, oh my God, technology has passed me by. I had no idea what I was reading. People were were chatting and I didn't even know what they were. Were they talking with each other? I don't, I don't know. They were talking in some weird language that it... It frightened me a little bit, Andrew. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so uh, if you're a coach, maybe Discord isn't for you. But um, but who knows? Maybe you're more familiar with it than I am. So what we use instead um, was Google Meet. And uh, in the past, we have played other teams like Barrington State. Yes, with Google Hangout. With We've played Barrington Station. We've played Longfellow with Google Hangout. Um, but Andrew, Google Meet is more sophisticated, right? Google Meet is much better than Google Hangout. Uh, Google had basically said for a few years that uh, Google Hangouts was on its way out. Uh, the audio quality was kind of spotty sometimes. The reception was kind of spotty sometimes. And any of the, the comments people made towards Google were just met with a, uh, well, this isn't going to be around much longer, so don't worry about it. Uh, and I think they have delivered on all of their promises and more with Google Meet. Uh, because Google Meet is not just like clear, it's a better connection. It also lets you have uh, up to, I think, um, it was originally 25, and now I think it's 100 people can listen to one Google Meet without any kind of interruptions or, or connection problems. Uh, so it's really just the way people would imagine a conference call or like a Skype going, if, if you were to just say to someone, hey, imagine that there's an app that does this for free, I think they just have delivered on google meet uh so i think it's a fantastic and uh much deserved upgrade to google hangout if you haven't tried it in the last couple of years uh i definitely recommend it and, and so i know that some people that we're um we're practicing with and we, we are practicing with some other schools and we'll talk about that in a little bit they don't their um districts don't use google and so they couldn't start their own meeting because they didn't have a um, a, a domain that let them do that. So the alternative was Zoom, and Zoom seems to be the same kind of quality as Google Meet. So, and I think yeah, Zoom I've is heard, also free. I've heard good things about Zoom as well. Uh, I've also heard that um, Zoom is maybe more vulnerable to like outside people listening in on your call than Google Meet is. Okay. Um, but other than that, I haven't heard any negative things about Zoom. Okay, so what we're trying to say is there has to be, yes, there, we need to establish some way that the moderator and the players uh, can all communicate with each other. So whether it's audio only, like Discord, or a, um, a more uh, intimate, um, like, like Google Meet, where you can actually see them and you can see who you're playing against and see your teammates, um, or Zoom. That's that's step one. So that's a way that everyone can communicate with each other. Yeah, I, I, I feel very good about having Google Meet on my phone because I feel like 
I can join a call in progress and have, you know, eight people in it. And I still feel as if I can interact the same way that I would if I was literally in person with those eight people. Sure. Uh, it's, you know, for a lot of teachers who are doing, you know, e-learning, battlefield learning, uh, all these sorts of things are in the trenches where we're picking up these new technologies as, as uh, on an ad hoc basis. Uh, Google Meet has really quickly become kind of like a, a Swiss Army knife for solving a lot of those problems. All right, and it certainly solved our problem with, you know, how do we get, because with Hangouts, what we would do is my team would be in one room and they'd have a buzzer system and then I'd be in a separate room and then we'd be playing against a team like Longfellow or a team like Barrington Station and their players would all be in one room with a buzzer system and there was even some lag there. I, I have found that with Google Meet, not only is every player playing from their own house, and I'm in my house, and then the a coach of the other team is in their house. So we have you know ten people on there. There is no lag at all that like there was with Hangouts. So that has solved the how can we all communicate with each other problem. The, the, the other the players the players also could have just been getting better. Ken. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> especially if they're listening to this podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Um... Ken, can I interrupt you for a second and just make sure it's recording? Uh, yeah, it is. Okay. I just wanted to do that because, uh, you know, I have no way of physically checking. I don't uh, want us to lose. I, I'm not going to edit this out. I just want you to know that. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, see, that's the sort of podcasting, uh, gritty frontline stuff that people need to hear more of. Exactly. No, uh, I, I, I'm actually watching the... podcast refuses to edit these sorts of things out. Like a celebrity will make some sort of misstep or say something uh, off color and they go, you'll edit that out, right? And uh, I, I'm a big fan of the Conan O'Brien podcast and he always says, no. And then just cackles. <laughs> right, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm watching the Audacity uh, like window right here and I can see every you know, every part of every wavelength of sound being recorded, so don't you worry. Very nice, very good. All right, uh, are, are you about to break out the sound effects now? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have some, but, uh, you know, uh, I have to save them for my own Google. I, I'm saving them for my students. So. All right. So uh, the, the other thing that you asked about, Andrew, was how do we buzz? And, yeah, how uh, do we buzz? I, I think the, the, the allure of Quiz Bowl is half, you know, getting to, to sit in a row and, and press a button and have the thing light up. And so, so how I, can we replicate that from home? Yeah, because I, as uh, you know, in the matches that I've done, the practices I've done, I've always been reading questions. And so I don't even have my Google Meet screen up. That window is up because I, I, um, I need to have the questions in front of me. So I wouldn't know if somebody is raising their hand or if people are saying buzz. I wouldn't know who said buzz first. There is a chat feature in Google Meet, but... Just a type buzz, you know, then it becomes who types faster. So um, yeah. luckily, though, there is this fantastic website called buzzin.live, B-U-Z-Z-I-N dot L-I-V-E, which is exactly what you think it is. It is an online buzzer system that people can join like a Kahoot. So the person who creates the room is the host. So when you log on to the website, there are two options join or host you click host it gives you a six digit code you let every player know that six digit code they type it in they type in their name and on their screen is a big green buzzer 
They can just and they can do this on their phone while they have Google Meetup. They can also open up a new uh, window and um, do this right on the screen, whatever screen they're using for Google Meet. And um, you, as the person running the buzzer, have um, the reset you know button like like you would on a normal buzzer system, and it actually gives you a setting that allows only one buzz per cycle so it locks everybody else out um it it's perfectly solved the problem of how do we deal with the fact that not everyone is connected to a buzzer so i will say not only does this work here but when things get back to normal and you get to a tournament and there aren't enough buzzers this is exactly what you should use because everybody has a phone has a phone if they have a phone they have a chromebook or they have a laptop they could use um theoretically two players could even use the same phone if you're really in a pinch right um but i've been very impressed with buzzing.live and it, it 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 feels i think the most important thing is it feels as satisfying as buzzing in on buzzing <laughs> because it's nice and loud right it's very aggressive it kind of lights up and lets you know that you are the one that has locked out the system uh, and it, the kids love it. So. Sure, sure. I think like that website has put Slap Bowl to bed. There, there should yeah. not, there should never be Slap Bowl again because of Buzz and Live. So, to the creators of the website, thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, whomever you are. Yeah, uh, Buzz and Live. I was just looking. Is made by uh, Logan Sinclair. And you can check out uh, on the bottom of the site. He has a couple other little fun things he's made. It seems like it's just an, an indie developer, like one one guy who made this kind of cool thing. Uh, so shout out to him. Great job. So that's what we do. Um, and that's how we've been running practice. I've, I, while our first week of um, school closing, we had a practice four of the, of the five days. Um, and some of our other coaches held their own practices. And, you know, I'd say it typically lasts a little bit longer. Like if we play one match, if this were in a real school with, you know, it would probably probably take around 20 minutes. And this takes closer to 45. But it's okay. It's, it's worth it. Um, obviously, on bonuses, when teams need to talk to each other, you need to give them a few more seconds. So I usually give them 8 to 10 seconds um to discuss and if they are in the middle of a discussion I'll I'll I might prompt them and be a little slow with my prompt but um you know if, what we've done so far there's nothing official it's just been practicing or so, scrimmaging so, so what's the point uh, we've been practicing I know I I coordinated a practice over uh Google Meet and with Buzz and Live uh and that went great uh, the players uh, were able to be on teams. Uh, they had scores. They, you know, I kept them up to date on their scores and their bonuses. They were able to talk to each other via Google Meet for the bonuses, uh, and I, I think it went pretty seamlessly. Um, how about you, Ken? How about the the practices and the the games that you've seen? Yeah, so it's the same here. And so we did that first scrimmage that first day, and I thought, okay, this is great. I know exactly what I want to do. I want to. Um, reach out to a few of the teams that I have some relationship with and um, that were gearing up for nationals, ready to go to nationals. And so I reached out to them and said, we have this new way of practicing while we're at home and we can get some scrimmages in. 
Um, and so it started with uh, the coach, Michael Harvey, from the Seoul Foreign School that wanted to scrimmage us. And um, so we, we scrimmaged. It was, it was his idea to, to scrimmage us. And so we did it one, <clears throat> one Friday, I think the, the Friday, March 7th. Sixth. They were, they, they were already in quarantine at that point. Yeah, right. Um, so, like one of the, I think it was the first Friday in March, uh, where we did this, and uh, it worked perfectly. It worked perfectly. Um, so here we it's are. Thir- because how many hours? Different Thirteen. South Korea. Thirteen. So it was eight. It was. Hours. It was eight p.m. on a Friday for us. It was nine a.m. in the morning the next day for them. And again, that's how great Google Meet and Buzzin' Live is. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. This works. So after the success we had with Seoul, we then reached out and we since then we've scrimmaged uh, North Gwinnett in uh, Georgia and Green Hill in Texas and uh, Warren in New Jersey. We have scrimmages planned against Longfellow and Barrington Station and Challenger Almaden. And um, I'm I'm saying this right now for anybody listening. If you want to schedule a scrimmage against Middlesex. Then our email address uh, for the number ten points at gmail dot com. Go right ahead, and we'll uh, we'll try to set something up because um, we need to. We need to do this for us, and we need to do this for our kids, um, and uh, we need to do this just to just to show that you know we we can still have some sense of normalcy with everything else that's going around. Absolutely. I think uh, uh, you put in an email. This is like a, a, a win against the virus. Humanity won, virus zero. Right. Uh, that we're able to do this and, and continue doing the, the game that we love, even with uh, all this kind of crazy stuff going on in the world. So speaking of emails, uh, before we um, before everything happened, uh, we got an email from one of our listeners um, and... Um, so this was from Samir Sarma. And, Do you mind uh, if I read this one, Ken? Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, let's see. Uh, he says, I've been listening to the podcast ever since the first episode, and I really love the work you two are doing. Thanks, Samir. Uh, even though you focus on middle school, I, as a high schooler, still continue to learn things about Quiz Bowl and about the community. Awesome. Uh, for your next episode, could you two talk more about momentum in the game? I've been noticing that even though we play the same team, when we're ahead, we tend to win buzzer races, and when we're behind, we tend to lose them. I know you two have talked about momentum before in the context of timeouts. What advice do you have for teams to take advantage of their momentum and to not lose their playing ability when they're behind? Ken, what's your advice? Sure. Uh, so the first thing I'll say is you have to practice buzzer races. So if you actually want to get better at buzzer races and it, the having the score being completely non-relevant or irrelevant uh, then practice buzzer races Uh, we call them speed checks where we just read the last part of the question where it starts for 10 points and everyone hopefully will know the answer to the question or you know at least a large percentage of the kids will know the answer to the question and so then it just becomes a buzzer race and so you you learn some tendencies on you know how do you hold the buzzer what finger do you use to buzz in what makes it faster where should you sit? Which buzzer is actually the fastest buzzer? Our kids are convinced that if you have the Anderson set with the red side and the green side, red is red faster one. than green. Yes, and red one is the fastest buzzer uh, that there is. How about you, Andrew? Anything you got? Uh, my advice would be 
you can practice from behind. You can, uh, if you're just playing against uh, one team against the other, you can uh, start one team down 200 points. Or you can uh, play with just three or four players and have them try to, within the same packet, uh, score a certain amount. So they have to score 600 points in one packet. Uh, and I think having that sort of pressure and practicing with that kind of pressure means that you'll be able to relax when you're really in that deep, tense moment. So, yeah, uh, so, so speaking of that, um, as someone who actually I coached softball for a while, and uh, when you're about to swing the bat, if you grip the bat really tightly, you actually won't swing as hard as if it's very loose in your hands. So as you're holding the bat, waiting for a pitch, someone should be able to just walk up and take the bat right out of your hands without you resisting them at all. It's only when you're just about to swing that you actually grip the bat. And and that, keeping your muscles loose, actually makes you swing the bat faster. So if you are tense, as you just talked about, Andrew, if you are like really gripping the buzzer tightly, the muscles in your body won't respond faster. And so it's better to just relax and know that you are going to answer the question, buzz in when you know it. Absolutely. I think uh, this is a really valuable skill for anyone to practice. Uh, I think one of the fun things you could even do is something like, uh, you know, have two people have it come down to the last question intentionally, you know, only read one question and say, uh, you know, whoever gets this, that's it. That's your whole match for the day. And the other person has, you know, 24 hours to think about what a loser they are. (laughs) You're a loser. You know, you buzz in and the the question is, uh, you know, for 10 points, name this first president of the United States. Uh, And you kind of feel like a dope for 24 hours as you're like, why didn't I just buzz in? Everyone knows that. Uh, I think that sort of uh, making things as routine and practicing these sorts of things as much as possible is really the the way to to get successful at this. Right. When I I think about this, I think about the fact that the difference between uh, professional athletes in tense situations and normal people intense situations is that normal people actually experience a really big decrease in their level of performance when their stress goes up. The professional athletes have been there so many times that they always play at their same level, regardless of the tenseness of the situation. So it looks like, Oh, maybe they're, they're hot. Like they're in the finals of some game and they're, you know, they're really playing. They're on a streak. They're really crushing it. But really what's happening is that maybe people who have less experience, people who are, are less experienced at the game or less experienced in life, they're experiencing that decrease. And as a result, those people who really have to practice, really have the experience, will just you know play their usual, play their game as they always play it, approach the game exactly the same way they always do, very level-headed, and uh, they experience an advantage because of that. That's, so. a, that's an excellent point, and that's why people think like LeBron James is so great because he steps it up in the finals and he's not, he's just playing the way he always has because he doesn't let the moment get to him. That's a great point. Exactly the same, which is incredibly difficult to do. Right. Whereas the people around him that aren't as experienced or aren't as maybe confident in their abilities, they don't play as well. So LeBron's normal is way better than everyone else's decreased abilities. Exactly. So, uh, go, go ahead. No, you go ahead. 
Sure. So, uh, but while you have time to practice these things now, you can actually see if, how do you hold the buzzer? Do you, do you hold it with your right hand? Do you hold it with your left hand? I, I've realized that when I play against the kids, I hold it in my left hand so I can take notes with my right hand. What finger do you use to buzz in with? Try some different ones. Do you use your thumb, your, your pointer, your, your, in, your, your middle finger? Like wh- which one is actually the fastest one for you? So, so try a couple of different things to see which one's actually faster. Um, and what's most comfortable because you're going to have to hold it that way all day. Right. Now, here's the other thing, and this, this might be you know, the, the, the best advice I can give you. When a question starts and you figure out what the topic is, in your mind – you have to think one of two things. One, I know this topic and I'm going to power it. Or two, I don't know this topic too well, so I'm going to wait for the buzzer raise. So when, when I'm listening to a question and I hear something like, like an art, something about art come up, I don't know this. Now, I'm going to hope that the players in the team, there are no art experts there. But even if there are, maybe this is one they don't know about. So I'm going to wait for the buzzer race and I know it's going to be a buzzer race. And I'm going to buzz in there. So there is something about mindset to this too. Always think this question is going to come down to you. You can buzz in and get this. If it's a topic you know, you're going to power it. If it's not, you're going to wait for the buzzer race and you're going to get it on the buzzer race. So Samir, I think, go ahead. I think um, go ahead. some of the best players that we've ever had come through Middlesex have been in those situations where the entire tournament came down to one question and lost. And as a result of those, uh, those, you know, kind of heart-crushing, heart-rending moments, when it really mattered, they were much less tense. They had been there before. Uh, they knew that they weren't going to let that slip through their fingers again. Right. So uh, any experience that you can get, even if you're, you know, even if you're playing a really talented team and you get your, your butt kicked, that's a really great experience for you to get better as a quiz bowl player. Yeah, it's just like chess. I, I didn't become a good chess player until I played someone who was better than me, and that person beat me over and over and over and over again. That's that's how I actually got a little bit better at chess. Not that I'm great, but that's actually how I improved. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite games is Go, which is a, a traditional you know Asian game with black and white stones on a on a cross lattice board. And there's a saying from that game, which is, "You aren't even a beginner until you've lost 500 times." <laughs> Like until you've lost 500 times, you, you, you can't even be considered to have started on your way of learning the game. Uh, and I think that's a good attitude to have. So Samir, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for the email. We, we hope this helps. All right. And Ken, of course, the last thing you can do if you want to continue to improve your quiz bowl game is listen to this month's buzz phrase. The guys at for 10 points want to help you answer for 15 points. Power a question with this episode's buzz phrase. This episode's buzz phrase comes from the 2014 Delta Burke. A faculty in Paris wrote in a compendium that this event was caused by Saturn, Jupiter, and Mars, all being in conjunction in the house of Aquarius. The Annals of John Klein ends with a description of this event, which possibly resulted in Klein's death. The question mentions Alfonso XI, the only monarch killed by this event, trade ships from Genoa, and the scientific name Yersinia Pestis, all before the giveaway clue of an event that killed a third of the population of Europe in the 14th century. 
Of course, we're looking for the Black, uh, the Black Death. Though John Klein is an absolute buzz phrase for the Black Death, there isn't enough information about him to go too deep in detail. He was an Irish friar and chronicled Ireland during the Black Death. He left blank pages in his notes in the hopes that someone would come along and finish his work after the plague took him. What drew me to this question was the conjunction of Saturn, Jupiter, and Mars. A few weeks ago, when schools were still open, as I was walking my dog in the morning, I looked up at the pre-dawn sky in the east and noticed a brilliant, shining object. That was the planet Jupiter. Jupiter was flanked on either side by two other bright objects, Saturn on its left and Mars on the right. This is technically not a conjunction, and they recently passed through Sagittarius. But there was a very, uh, but there was very recently a conjunction between Mars and Jupiter, and there will be a conjunction of Mars and Saturn and Jupiter and Saturn at some point this year. So, what is a conjunction? There is a very technical definition that you can feel free to look up, but in layman's terms, it's when two or more celestial bodies appear in the same spot in the night sky. So, it's not a common event for two planets to be in conjunction, let alone three. Thus, to an astronomer in the 14th century, the occurrence of a triple conjunction with a terrible plague is no coincidence. So if you're out walking your dog in the morning, look up and see the three planets. And if you hear a question about the conjunction of the three planets, and they are looking for an event, take a chance, buzz in, and say the Black Death. their social distancing uh and i think that you should reach out to those people who are you know maybe also in the same situation maybe you have to be one of those three planets and find some other people who are also stuck inside and you know form your own conjunction now now wait a second i was waiting for like a pun are you oh there's no there's no pun this week oh really it's, are, it's are, a very serious situation here ken so we're, so we're punless so you're you're uh, avoiding making a joke like it's the um, plague. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You got me this week, Ken. All right, all right. Well, uh, good advice, though, Andrew. And we hope that you stay home, stay healthy, and stay positive, Mister T. Um, enjoy your distance learning uh, or your distance teaching, um, and I hope to see you really soon. Sometime soon. Yeah, well, thank you for joining us on For 10 Points, the best podcast on the web for everything Quiz Bowl related. Whether you're a player, a coach, or just trying to improve, we hope we have helped you get better. For my co-coach, Andrew Turiago, this is Ken Romeo, signing off.